What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. If you are new, I hope you decide to stick around. I hope you're having a great day so far. I hope it's off to a great start. I am going to keep this intro on the short and sweet side because Miss Layla is dying for my attention, rightfully so. She deserves it all, right? This week has been a bit hectic for me. I have learned to not schedule meetings back to back to back, which is what I for some reason did this past week and it left me feeling super drained at the end of the day. So the past two days from when I'm recording this have been very chill, relaxed. I kind of like pushed everything off a little bit. I rescheduled a few meetings and I am feeling good now. I'm feeling much better. I'm not as like hectic. Um, I put on my stories. I literally was like overstimulated and overwhelmed. I think on, on a Wednesday and I had to do a scream meditation, which was actually really, really freeing. So it had like some different breathwork stuff. And then at the end you did like some screaming into a pillow. It sounds crazy, but I actually felt so much better. In other news, we have some very exciting things going on. So this episode is actually going to be the start of doing an episode every week. So prior to this, it has been bi-weekly, but starting this week and from now until the foreseeable future, we will be doing an episode every week, every Thursday. You will have a new Dog Mom Mentality podcast And this episode is actually a part of a larger series that I'm doing on dog-inspired careers or dog-inspired businesses. So I have four different people lined up. I'm really excited to share them with you, and today is the start of that. Also, I have been working on the journal that I'm developing. This is a journal specifically for dog owners. I've talked a little bit about it on other podcast intros, and I've also talked about it a bit on my stories. I am going to be coming out with some more detailed information about that here soon, but I've been doing some market research, getting feedback from people, and really just starting to dig deep and make sure that it is exactly what you all want and exactly what would fit your needs, and I've received such great feedback such great feedback so far, so I am really, really excited to, to share that with you all. So it will probably be coming out in like late spring, so maybe like May-ish. I think it would be really fun if I could do it around my birthday, which is at the beginning of May. Um, So if it works out, maybe I'll just launch it on my birthday. That would be like an amazing birthday gift. Let's get into the happies and crappies of this past week. So my crappy for this past week was that I think, I think there was some drama on Instagram Yes. Okay. Yeah. There was some drama on Instagram. I I remember what it was now. 
Yeah, so some drama on Instagram. I wasn't in the drama, but like there was some drama going on. I feel like there's always some sort of like small drama going on within the like dog Instagram community, but whatever. And then there was also some things just going on in the world that had me a little bit on edge, but we're coping, we're coping. And I hope that if you have a difficult time with that, those kinds of things in the news as well, that you are also able to cope a little bit. My happy for the week was that the past two days, I've taken a really nice break. I've watched some TV, I've consumed a little. Um, I actually like, before those past two days, I like hadn't really just like scrolled on Instagram or TikTok or really any like social media. I hadn't really just even had like downtime for myself in like a week. So it's really, it's been really nice the past two weeks to just like veg out a little bit at the end of the day instead of like trying to work on a thousand different things. As always, I have asked you to share your happies and crappies with me on my Instagram story. And I'm always so thankful and like, just really excited to see everyone sharing all their different things with me, all their different wins or like things that they may need help on. So to share a few with you, this person said their mental health has been, has not been the best and it's partly due to winter depression. However, their happy was that she took her two dogs to a park that was pretty busy and it had lots of dogs, lots of kids, but her two did absolutely amazing. And she also created a new small business that is selling biothane leashes and collars. And so that's super exciting. I'm really happy for her. This other person said somebody spilled sushi on the sidewalk and her dog dove for it. So he both ate the sushi and rolled in it. Hopefully it wasn't anything toxic for dogs. I feel like it probably wasn't. I feel like she probably probably would have mentioned that when I messaged her about it afterwards. But she said her dog learned two new tricks, middle and handshake. And whew, middle is like my absolute favorite. So anytime somebody teaches their dog middle, I like get so excited for them because I know how excited I get whenever Layla does middle. Today's episode is the start of a four-part series. And I wanted to take a little bit of a different perspective on how dogs have emotionally affected us and wanted to interview some people who their dogs have inspired their careers or business paths. So today's episode is actually with a fellow podcaster. Carly is the host of the With a Dog podcast and dog mom to two rescued hound dogs, Lupin and Albus, of course, named after Harry Potter characters. She's been working in the pet industry for the last 10 years, but in her free time, you can find her reading way too many books, covering her dogs with blankets while they nap, or exploring the Pacific Northwest. She shared with me that her dog Lupin's various medical and behavioral issues through the years has taught her so much about resiliency, problem solving, and functioning in emergency situations. Lupin and living in London inspired her to travel with her dogs and start the With a Dog brand. Like I said, this episode and the next three are going to be a little bit different. They are going to still be focused on how dogs have emotionally affected us, but it's not really coming from a place of like training or puppyhood. It's coming from a place of that their dog made such an impact on them and motivated them so much that they started a whole business or career path around it. So we still talk about all the different ways that their dogs taught them lessons or the things that they learned from being a dog mom and how they apply it in their businesses or career paths today. 
Excited to share this episode with you. I hope you enjoy it. And let's get into this episode with Carly. It is no secret that we all get stressed out sometimes, and I will be the first to say that sometimes I get stressed because of my dog. Whether it's we're out for a walk and something happens or somebody runs up to us, or maybe I just have a lot of meetings throughout the day and then Layla is being super needy so I get very overstimulated. I feel like we've all had those moments. When this happens, I like to have a little routine where I light a candle or do some aromatherapy. Maybe I'll get my journal out and ready to write. And then I grab my phone and go to the Open app. Open is a mindfulness studio and app that features a variety of classes in meditation, yoga, Pilates, and breathwork. Right now, my favorite is the breathwork. You can filter it to be the time of day. So maybe in the morning, I will do some breathwork or a meditation to give me more energy. And then at night, I will do something that calms me down a little bit. I especially love it because it is so aesthetically pleasing to look at and they also have new classes uploaded every day. One of the coolest features is that you can do a live class and invite a friend and you can do the class virtually together. I would love if you joined me on the open app and you can get a 30-day free trial using my code DMM30. You can find them by searching on the app store open-a-mindfulness-studio or go to their website, go.o-p-e-n.com slash dmm30. And of course, the links to all of this are in the show description. If you do decide to join, please make sure to use my code dmm30 for a 30-day free trial. So welcome Carly of With a Dog, the brand and the podcast. She is here today and is going to be a part of a little series that I'm doing that is based on dog or pet inspired career paths or businesses. So I'm so happy to have her on. And like I said, she's the host of With a Dog podcast. She has her Instagram, her Facebook, her TikTok, so you can follow her all there, but you are going to learn a little bit about her career path with it within the pet industry and learn a little bit about her and her dogs today. So welcome, Carly. Hello. Thank you for having of me. Of course, fellow podcaster. Hopefully the, the sound yes. is good for everyone this episode. <laughs> <laughs> How bad would it be if it I wasn't? I know, right? <laughs> So how are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. I actually just got my booster shot a couple of days ago and I feel like everyone was like, oh yeah, you know, I had some symptoms 12 hours mm-hmm. later. For me, it was like 24. So I gave myself like a whole day in bed yesterday just like for funsies, but I didn't feel that yeah. bad. And then, and then this morning I woke up and I was like, oh, I think it like hit me. Ooh. So I, I'm up on like Advil and coffee and all of that right now to... Because I was like, oh, I still need to like do all the things I need to do. For sure. I'm like almost due for my booster because it's like six months after your your vaccine. I think me and Bobby are within like a week or two away. So I need to need to schedule mine. So tell us a bit about your dogs, like their interest, age and breed and where you all currently live. Yeah, so um, we are all currently in Seattle, Washington, and so my two dogs are Lupin and Albus. 
named after Harry Potter characters. And um, Lupin is my, he's an American Foxhound. He is 11 years old-ish, mm-hmm. we think. We rescued him when he was around four. And he is like, he is the love of my life. Like, I feel like I have such a great bond with him. He's also like the most complicated dog ever. Um, not in normal like dog ways. He's just he just drives me nuts. Like everything, you know, we're like, okay, we're going left. He's like, no, we're going right. <laughs> and it's just it's every and it's every step of the day. Like just like it's time for dinner and he like runs upstairs and you're like, no, the food is downstairs. Like <laughs> just just things like that that he's yeah, so he drives me nuts. Um, but I love him. And then I have Albie is the he's a six years old now and he's a red tick coonhound mix Mm -hmm. and we got him about a year and a half ago and so he's a quarantine or pandemic Mm -hmm. dog adoption um and he's he's like typical dog he's just you know like he gets into the garbage and he tries to hop the fence and things that are normal yeah. that i feel like i can handle cuz he's a dog like he's just and he's such a good mm-hmm. boy though too like on i know i just said like he gets into the garbage and stuff that happened like once um he's actually like such a good boy so easy so loving so i've kind of got like two extremes with so, between the two of them uh lupin just literally walks to the beat of his own drum <laughs> literally yes yeah we uh, we change our life around oh, him. Oh, that's it hilarious. Was so funny. We were, we were just <laughs> saying the other day, we were like, what if our first dog wasn't Lupin? Like, what if it was a, an easy mm-hmm. dog like Albie? I was like, our life would have been so different. Like, I was like, I don't think I would have started the podcast. I don't think, like, he, <laughs> Lupin made dog mom life so much harder for him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he does. He definitely does walk to the beat of his own drum for that's, sure. That's great. And so since they're on like the separate ends of the spectrum personality wise do they ever clash or do they get along pretty well no I'm so fortunate that's another thing with Albie like he just he blended into the family so well I mean I still took all the precautions at the beginning Mm -hmm. I like made sure to feed them in separate rooms and you know, then like slowly moved their bowls closer to closer together to make sure there wasn't any resource guarding. I, you know, we kept to like a really strict routine and like, this is what's allowed for each dog and kind of like made sure there were boundaries at the beginning. And, you know, it ended up being that like, I don't think any of that was really mm-hmm. needed because Albie, they, they don't play together because I think there is too much of an age difference and they have different play styles. Mm-hmm but they like cuddle together. Albie is so respectful of Lupin, Aww. like all the time, you know, which is so nice. Um, and, and yeah, so fortunately they, they like blend really well together. They're, they're true siblings. That's like they share awesome. everything, but they don't like, yeah. Yeah. I w- yeah. They're, they're like really, they coexist really, really well. It sounds like. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. That's like yeah. what you would want. It's like the perfect it's, scenario. Yes. It is the perfect scenario. Like part of me wishes that we could, because they have different exercise Mm -hmm. needs, it'd be nice to exercise them together more, but that just isn't a thing. But I think honestly, like if you have two dogs that have any type of age difference, at some point you're going to have that, Mm -hmm. like that they need different exercise types. And so it is a little annoying sometimes that I'm like, I have to do different types of exercise every day, but, but otherwise, yeah, yeah, it's all good. So there is what like a five-year age gap between them because you said Lupin is 11 and Albie is six right 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you got Albie whenever he was around four. And then when, or how old was Lupin whenever you adopted him? We think he was probably like 10. So got Albie when he was five. Lupin was probably about 10. And we, it was a mix of a few different things. We got him actually five months after we moved back from London. Okay. So we got Albie five months after because we were like, okay, we're in a position now that we can have two dogs where we, it wouldn't have really have been feasible mm-hmm. when we are in London and like our small flat. And, um, so yeah, so it was kind of one of those things that we were like, we can do it. Let's not wait any longer mm-hmm. because I think it wouldn't have been as enjoyable for Lupin for sure to have a rambunctious dog because we also didn't know what age we were necessarily going to get yeah. either. You know, like we got lucky with Albie that he was five, but you know, if if the dog that we found that fit best for us ended up being two, then that would have been like really mm-hmm. drastic for Lupin. You know, so yeah. So that they have that little yeah because two could could still have some puppy energy and like bouncing off the walls <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. you just <laughs> you you got lucky you you picked a good one so yeah you are like super passionate about adopting older dogs if if the people can't tell already from from her stories and speaking of stories I just like I always go back and listen to your episode with your husband about like the outrageous dog stories or I forget like what the episode yes, is. Our biggest parenting mistakes. Yes. Yeah. Dog yes. Mistakes. I love yeah. that episode so much. Like I've listened to it two or three times because it's just really funny to me. So if you need a recommendation for with a dog, go listen to that one. Oh God. That's like, yeah. <laughs> On my podcast, I'm like interviewing professionals and stuff of like, this is how to take care of your dog. But that that episode is probably the most relatable because it's like, here's what definitely not to do. Yes. We're such idiots. And yeah. Okay. So, so back on topic, I just had to throw that in there. So you're super passionate about adopting older dogs, if, if you already can't tell. And so I want to know, like, what what is your favorite thing about skipping the puppy phase and why you do that intentionally? Ooh, that's such a good question. I I feel like it's a mix of a few different things. One is the time mm-hmm. that it takes for a puppy, um, just how time consuming it is as far as like all of the different training, the potty training are they socialized well enough? You know, like just, I feel like a lot of things go into it to end up having, you know, this, this great dog. And so I think it's a little bit of that, like, and maybe that's a little, it's like slight a bit like, oh, who has the time for that? But then it's also a little bit fear-based. Like, I'm just like, eh, like, I don't know if I want to take that yeah. on. And so that's probably a lot of it. Also, I just, you know, I, my background is in shelter animals. And so I just love the dogs that are just a little bit more mature, they have a personality mm-hmm. to them already. And yeah, and I just I just love kind of almost like getting to know them and gaining their trust and things like that, because you it's it's a different type of hurdle, mm-hmm. I guess, when they're older. Um, of course, you know, you still get to know your puppy's personality as they grow and everything. And I'm not discounting that, but it's just, yeah, I think it's just a different type of hurdle to kind of go over with when you have a dog that already maybe has had life experiences and have their own kind of set personalities and stuff and just blend them into your home and gain their trust. Mm-hmm. I think it's really fun. Yeah, I love that answer. And I wanted to know your perspective because you have talked before on your podcast and on your Instagram post that 
you want to pick the dog for your lifestyle. And like you said, you know, maybe you're at a stage that you just don't have time to do the potty training, which I mean, who wants to, who wants to do Yeah, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you know, you pick your dog for your lifestyle and that might be a good option where if you don't have as much time or the energy to do potty training or like the intense play sessions that a six month old puppy needs you go with an older dog. So I love that answer and I love the perspective and yeah, I think it's, it's a really cool, cool route to go for a dog mom. I mean, I think I, I sometimes I say that I'm like a low effort dog mom. I think sometimes that plays yeah. into it a little bit too. <laughs> like I'm just like, <laughs> it's a little bit of lifestyle. My lifestyle is I like to be lazy mm-hmm. a lot and I like to like sit around and read for hours and, um, you know, just go on leisurely walks. And so, as you said, like that intense place, yeah. play time that sometimes needs, I'm just like, who's got the, who's got the yeah. energy, man. So. <laughs> well, you are good that you're self-aware and know that about yourself. Yeah. Okay. So you did say that you've worked in shelters before. So before with a dog, can you give us a brief synopsis of your career history in the pet world? And have you, have you always been in the pet world? Like ever since you graduated or what was that like? Yeah. Yeah. So since college graduation, um, I, geared my degree more towards like animal behavior and everything and I was involved and volunteering at a local humane society in Portland when uh, like during college and stuff and it was in the animal cruelty investigations department and so I just knew that I wanted to do something within the pet industry and I that speaking of that humane society it was like one of those times where I was like College was not a good time for me. Um, I I definitely was like one of those people that loved high school and then college. I did not have a great time. Not that I didn't, you know, make friends and I met my now husband and like all of that. It's not like I would change it, but I was just had a lot of like mental hurdles, mental and emotional kind of mm-hmm. hurdles to work through and discover about myself. And so one time I was like, oh God, I just need to pet a dog, basically. <laughs> and it's not like I was like an overly animal dog person beforehand or anything. I was just like, oh, I just need something that's going to make me happy. Like, I just need to surround myself with some joy. So I went to the local animal shelter, or the Oregon Humane Society, walked in there, and I just felt so, I just, it just felt so valuable what everyone was doing there. And it just felt like, wow, this is rewarding. And I think that was something that was missing in my life. And so that's kind of what geared me. I was just like, I need to do something here. I was like, I know if I work in this, in a shelter or in this industry, I don't think I will, I will, I will know that my work has value basically. And so, so that's kind of how I ended up going down that route and volunteering with them. And then um, after graduation, yeah, just kind of worked in like various vet hospitals and that was that was more hard. I don't know if this was actually a question, um, but yeah, as far as like my work in the pet industry, but yeah, it was it was hard because I think you get that like early twenties, mid twenties fear of what is my career? Am mm-hmm. I making enough money? Oh my gosh, I have student loans and et cetera, et cetera, and and then you know, it's like, I know that I go to work and I, my work has value, but like no one else in society 
tends to see that like realizes that about you yeah like I think yeah it's just like I would enjoy my job Mm -hmm. but then also I was making minimum wage with a college degree at a lot of these places whether it was the shelter or the vet office um you know I would have parents and family members you know like oh you got your degree so like what's that doing and you're like I'm a receptionist at the vet office Mm -hmm. or or whatever like I hold the dogs while the doctor gives them vaccines and and they're just like like no one would get it no one would understand it and I think it was almost like it was more of almost like very few people respected it because because they didn't understand Mm -hmm. it and so there was a lot of yeah ups and downs with that basically is what I'm saying I really enjoyed it but you know you sometimes felt like undervalued within society or even within the work itself because it was so underpaid Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah. I was just listening to a podcast and it was talking about entrepreneurs and they they basically said the best entrepreneurs are the ones that first feel misunderstood. And they were like, if you mm. feel misunderstood, that means that you are like doing something right because you're doing it for yourself and not for the other people like looking at you. But I feel like that's yeah. kind of what you did. You felt so drawn to like the pets and the pet industry and helping them out and that you felt valuable and like your work was valuable. So I feel like, I feel like you did the right thing and now you're where you are. And I feel like you're, you're happy with your, with your path. Yes. So I feel like it's yeah. for you. Yeah, no, I do feel like that. It's, I mean, there's also, you know, a significant amount of uncertainty Mm -hmm. with this whole like entrepreneur (laughs) with a dog path but at least I know that it's something that definitely just like feels right Mm -hmm. for me and I think now that I'm older I think people if they don't respect it they at least don't comment Mm -hmm. on it you know like they're just like oh good for you following your dream and it's just like done and so that's really nice that Um, is good yeah so how did you end up in London so London was through a job of my husband so he he um it was one of those things we traveled around to Europe right after college and you know did the whole like backpacking hostel situation yeah it was super fun and while we were in London we both just like loved it and I was I was dropping the hints while we were there we should move here to live here yeah (laughs) I was like wow like this is pretty can't you just see yourself walking down these streets and he's a little bit more reserved Mm -hmm. than I am it's me usually me like jumping off the cliff and then him being like here's your parachute Carly and so um so it was very much that with London I was just like pushing him like let's do it let's do it and we had just gotten married um we so he got a job transfer to over there and so our visa was through his work and everything yeah and then we did bring Lupin Mm -hmm. um I was like it's not happening if we can't bring Lupin and so yeah so that's how we ended up over there okay that's really cool I didn't know that it was because of your husband's job so that makes sense yes funny story so in college I went to London for a week for a school thing and my best friend she went to a different school but like you know we always chatted we always texted and she thought I like I told her hey I'm going on a trip to London and there is a city in Kentucky called London Kentucky 
Yeah. And we live in Kentucky. So she was like thinking that I was just going to London, Kentucky. And so then the, finally the day comes, I'm like, Hey, I'm about to board my flight to London. And she was like, why are you flying to Kentucky? I was like, I'm going across seas. <laughs> and it was just so funny that the whole time she like, didn't realize that I was going to the UK. The international yeah. flight. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. I thought you were going to be like, and she's told me she would meet me there and we would meet up in London because she was or something. And then you like end up in different yeah. places. Um, no, that's no, hilarious. but like that totally would have been the case. Like she would have drove like, you know, the hour or two to meet me in, in London, Kentucky. And I was like, no, I'm going across seas. It was, <laughs> that's always what I will think about whenever I think of London. But okay, so off topic. I just had to throw that in there because I think it's really funny. <laughs> so you told me that having Lupin and living with him in London and the dog life over there was one of the things that inspired you to start with a dog. So if somebody came up to you and said, like, what is with a dog? Why should I be interested in it? What would you say? You know, I I still definitely think of with a dog as the brand and the podcast as something that's a bit fledgling, you know, growing into itself. So, um, you know, as of right now, I think it's a place where you can come to learn more about caring for your dog and just a relatable community Mm -hmm. that you can talk about the 2am potty breaks and you can commiserate with other people about you know the crazy puppy life or or the senior dog life that I talk about so much and so I think really it's just the whole premise of with a dog is you you put any word in front of it and then with a dog so it's like travel with a dog life with a dog uh, nutrition Mm -hmm. training you know, veterinary care with a dog. And so it's just like all about your life with a mm-hmm. dog, essentially. I love how on your podcast too, you will bring on professionals, like whether that be like a behavioralist or a trainer or like a nutrition um, person or, you know, whatever the case may be, but you make it like so simple. I feel like I always come <laughs> out with like actual knowledge and it wasn't just like they were talking over my head. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And, and that is definitely like a huge credit to a lot of the people that we've had on because the guests have been so amazing. And, um, and I do, that is the whole thing is like, I enjoy listening to podcasts and I enjoy just like going on a walk, consuming some info and, and be ending that walk with my dog. I'm just being like, that was Mm -hmm. great. Like I learned this kind of new thing. Maybe I will try that training technique or whatever. And so I did, I definitely want it to be as consumable and easy as possible rather than overwhelming to people, because I do feel like it's so overwhelming in the pet industry yes. of like all the things you can do. Yeah. So many options. Dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many options. Okay. So to back up a little bit, before starting with a dog, what were some of the experiences that you had with Lupin and like living in London that served as inspiration? I think it was mainly I had so much time with him there because I would bring him everywhere with me. And fortunately, and maybe this is just like a big, like a city thing, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't have cars. So 
when you're on a walk with your dog, you are also like stopping in to get coffee and maybe popping into the grocery store or whatever. And, and so I just felt like dogs were everywhere. You brought, you brought your dog so many places, you know, obviously there's those dogs that, you know, either can't go with you, which is like totally mm-hmm. understandable. Every dog is different. Um, or, you know, times that you don't want to bring mm-hmm. them also understandable but i just yeah i just had a lot of one-on-one time with him my dog my work was dog friendly so i was able to bring him into work and um what was your actual question (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna go on a tangent (laughs) so it was like how did or what what were some experiences that you had with lupin and living in london that served as inspiration they can be like generalized or or specific it doesn't matter Okay, that was good. Thank you. (laughs) Because otherwise I was just like, I think I absorbed the first part of that question. Like, tell me all about your experiences with Lupin and I could go on forever. Um, So yeah, so it was, I took him to work. I was with him a lot. I learned more about um, dog nutrition and sorted out a lot of his health issues while I was there too, because of, I was working for a dog food company and I was able to work with their like in-house nutritionist and sort out his allergies and and then he you know became healthier and that made me feel better too and um and so it was just like all of those kind of things plus i traveled with him a lot so we would bring him on our trips because everything there is so dog friendly mm-hmm. we were on the train with him taking him up to scotland and wales and the lake district and like all around the uk which was amazing because it was great places to visit like it was on our bucket Mm -hmm. list and then it also was the the ability to go with him was just so so amazing and so that ideology of like doing things with Mm -hmm. a dog and that and there's like a community around it because i think in in london i really experienced a pretty strong dog community there whether it was at my work or there were a lot of dog centered events dog markets and um get togethers and that i felt were like pretty accessible Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like oh it's like oh if you happen to know these people on instagram like i felt like it was pretty you know, you could be walking through the park and there's like this big dog market. It happening. wasn't an elite and influencer experience. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Cause I definitely wouldn't describe yeah. myself as an influencer. Well, in general, but definitely not while I was there. And so, um, yeah, so it was just kind of like, wow, there's this great community here. I want to see that in the mm-hmm. U S as well. And, you know, I would love to see that online yeah. either. And to bring that like community feel to everyone Mm -hmm. and so they can all feel kind of that that aspect of for sure I think that is so special that you could take your dog literally anywhere and if if they could handle it and if 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 it was appropriate um which it is there are so many more places within the UK and and over in Europe that are just so much more dog friendly which I think is crazy to think about but awesome yeah no I think it's so interesting Mm -hmm. it really is an interesting dynamic and it's hard to visualize when you're here like I feel like in the U.S. because it just because some even some of the laws are different the leash laws plus the laws of having animals in a space with food 
that's different in the UK. So, you know, the, the restaurants and the pubs don't have to jump through hoops of getting some kind of like certification to, it's okay to have dogs. Like it's just, yeah, it's, it is really, really, it was an amazing experience to have with him. And, um, and also, you know, for everyone who's listening, Lupin is an 80 pound, very tall foxhound. So he, he looks I would say like the size of like a greyhound. Oh wow. Is is kind of he's very yeah, he has very long <laughs> legs and he's just like kind of more lean throughout his body. So he's very tall. So the fact that we we're able to bring him everywhere, it's not like he's a type of dog where you can kind of you like You can put him in your purse. And, yes, exactly. <laughs> like he would be like if we were on the train, he was like under both of our seats mm -hmm. or in the aisle way. And everyone that was the best thing is everyone was okay yeah. with it too like no one was like your fucking dog's in the way excuse my curse word okay <laughs> <laughs> like no one was like you know like mad about it they were like oh your dog's so sweet and i'm like sorry like let me move him and they're like no 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 he's cute and they probably and were like, like wow this american trying to get her dog <laughs> out of the way wow i can really I tell that she's not from here <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were like no he's great and yeah so it was it was fun it was awesome that is that is so cool you had mentioned some of Lupin's allergies and I know that he also had like some behavioral issues that you worked through with with training and, and all of that but he taught you so much resilience and problem solving I'm sure so can you give us some details about that or share a story about how you worked through some of those challenging times with him yeah so when we first got him he was a rescue from it was a it was a breeder so he is like full 100 american foxhound um he, like akc registered all of that breeder who fell on hard times and then basically let the dogs interbreed and so and so yeah so like just she she became a hoarder mm -hmm. essentially and did not control the dogs yeah. In, in the way that needed to be. And so there ended up being, I don't know how many she had to begin with, but there were 72 rescue oh, from this hoarding my case. goodness. Yeah. And so 72 of these like absolutely beautiful dogs, if I do say so mm -hmm. myself, like he, when he was younger and he was just so gorgeous. And, um, and so the behavioral issues that we had with him, fortunately, he was always like flight, not fight. Mm -hmm. He was very, very scared of everything human because all he had known were those other 70 yeah. dogs. And yeah, and and like, I don't think he'd ever been inside a house, things okay. like that. So he he had a great disposition as far as like, he took it all mm -hmm. in. And, but if there was something that scared him, he would be like, nope, and try Go to like just back himself mm -hmm. out kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And so he was in a foster home for a few months. And so that kind of acc acclimated him. And then we brought him home and he, he was just scared of everything essentially. So it's like, especially people who were tall and would walk towards him. So let me rephrase people who would walk mm -hmm. towards him they didn't have to be tall and so it was just kind of something he he needed an escape route at all times so he had his crate that he was really comfortable with and so I, I would like crawl to him and like put his little leash on and then once he was on leash he kind of was okay like he had like a an under, mm -hmm. understanding that then he's like going outside and so and we were in an apartment and so we had to go down the stairs and because he was too scared of the elevator 
and go down the stairs. If someone else was coming up the stairs, we would have to turn around and go back up and, and, and wait. So it was just, yeah, exactly. And wait. And then, and then like on the sidewalk, you know, if there's like someone with a stroller or like a wheelchair or really anyone walking towards him, we would go to the other sidewalk and, and then he would just take it in mm-hmm. from there. So I think that's why sometimes when people talk, describe like a reactive mm-hmm. dog that they've had to work through issues with, sometimes I do identify with For that sure. because it's like managing, yeah. but it's not like reactivity in the way of like, I never had to center him on myself, like distract him from what was happening. I would just let him just like watch and take it in like oh, okay they are on the other side of the street and they're not affecting me therefore they're safe and and then it was same kind of thing with me of like when I would pet him you know like that was very scary for him so it was just like a quick pet and then mm-hmm. I'd walk away and and so it was like that kind of stuff over time of like desensitizing for sure. to the world yeah really I yeah. relate to that so much um Layla is more flight than fight So anytime Mm -hmm. if she's scared, she will like run the opposite direction. But then in terms of like how you were saying, you know, one quick pet and then leave and then come back and try again. Yeah. I had to do something like that with grooming where she just (sighs) never liked grooming and we didn't do it enough whenever she was a puppy. So come to be like, she was one years old and she got um, allergies on her paws and she got an ear infection and this and that. And we had to like really start picking it up, picking it up. And, you know, I would do like one or two brushes and then like quit (laughs) and then come back and try again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) it's, it's interesting of like the, all the little things that you have to do or like little things that you encounter mm-hmm. in your dog's life, I guess. And so, so that kind of goes back to like the problem solving yeah. and, and the re- resiliency. And so, so yeah, that was his kind of like behavioral stuff at the beginning. And it was also what I was talking about earlier, as far as when with my career, like people not understanding it really, or people not respecting, it was kind of the same thing. I feel like with Lupin, they were like, okay, you're 23, 24, you got this dog that's like, it's like they, they saw him as like not even fun to have. And I'm like, no, he's, he has a personality and we're gaining his trust and he's a wonderful like being to share our life with. But, but people are like, oh, he doesn't like fetch. He doesn't, he didn't really play at the beginning either. You know, you couldn't like snuggle up and pet him either. And so it was like all these things that no one, Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, like, well, what's the point Mm -hmm. of having the dog then? And I'm like, well, the point of having a dog is like, I'm just like, I'm here for him kind of. And they like, they didn't understand that. And, and, but I knew it would switch eventually because now I do feel like he, as complicated as he is, he, we have this great bond and yeah. And so it, it is different now for sure. So he kind of got desensitized to the world. And then if he wasn't already, we brought him to London and he definitely got desensitized <laughs> to he was the whole like, world because he was everywhere. Yeah, he was like, what family did I get into? Yeah. Yeah. He just like shuts down kind of. And it's just like goes into this little like trance, I think, of just like, okay, let's get through this situation. And so that was him a lot of probably like the first mm-hmm six months in London and then I think he kind of just like got used to yeah it, the lifestyle yeah well it kind of yeah. is like you don't get a dog that's perfect you get the dog that's perfect for you that kind of like corny little phrase as yeah. cheesy as it sounds I feel like 
what you just said, like you could sum it up in that. Exactly. Caroline, you're always dropping this great little like (laughs) tidbits of wisdom. You did this when you were on my podcast too. You had these like little quotes and I was like, ooh, like that's good. (laughs) Not me writing down inspirational quotes every time I see one. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. It's good. I feel like I see those quotes and it's like in one ear out the other. So it's nice that you like retain them and then can reiterate them. I internalized. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like to sit there, <laughs> sit there, see a quote. Oh my gosh, I feel this deeply in my bones. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like read it. I feel it. And then I'm like, okay, now I have to do the dishes. And I like, it just, it, yeah, it totally like, I, I, it leaves me, but yeah. So back to your question, as far as like problem solving and resilience. So after that, those medical or those behavioral mm-hmm. things with Lupin, I also had, he had a lot of food mm-hmm. allergies as well as invent- environmental allergies. And so if anyone knows or has a dog that has gone through that, it is extremely difficult to pinpoint what exactly they're allergic to. Um, it can present in a few different ways, you know, and, and if they have environmental and food, then it's like this whole other complicated mess of like, okay, is it the environment that's freaking them out? Or is it the food that's, that's making them red? Like, who knows? And so that was a lot of ups and downs. And in addition to that, his health was actually declining Mm -hmm. because of it. So it, it was a lot of like, pressure and anxiety that I internalized because I was just like, my dog looks like crap. Like he he's not healthy. He doesn't look it. He's constantly licking himself and itching himself. And if it's not that, then it's a digestive mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, and so it was really hard on me. I have a post on my Instagram. I'll um, link it. You, you said that I'll link it. Yeah. Oh, I did? Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. It like goes through all of the different phases that his Mm -hmm. coat went through during it and it was so hard to see him like that his coat became like fluffy and curly when it's supposed to be like sleek and straight and even his coloring changed and so um yeah so that was really hard but it was just it was the problem Mm -hmm. solving and it was actually like having to be consistent and saying okay we're gonna try this food you have to try it for a full eight weeks And then if it doesn't work, okay, now we have to add one more ingredient. Or if it does work, you add another ingredient. And, you know, and it's just like, it is such a time-consuming, annoying process. And going through it was miserable. And I think that's a little bit of how the, like, problem solving and then just, like, being resilient Mm -hmm. through it all, too, is just... Because even now I have to keep it up. Even now, you know, I just saw the other day the garbage man. He's very nice or... I guess the PC mm-hmm. term is like sanitation worker or something. He he went through our back alley and was getting all the bins and he thro- threw the dogs a treat over the fence because it's like yeah. right there. And I saw that and I was like, oh, how long has he been doing yeah. this? And I was just like, oh, thanks, but no thanks. And I had to be like, please don't do it. As a woman who was like, <laughs> was like, don't feed my dogs. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it's it's hard to like keep up and continue Mm -hmm. with, I think. Yeah. It sounds like you have to be so disciplined and just really persistent. I feel like disciplined is a word that not many people think about whenever they think about qualities of a good dog mom, but I think it's definitely one because there are just so many places that if you like let loose a little bit and then things get out of hand, it's like you give them one inch, they take a mile type of thing. And it's like, you always have to come back and be like, okay, I have to be disciplined 
or else yeah. I will like reap the consequences <laughs> that my dog yes. is going to do <laughs> or, so or whatever true. Like, the case may be. My dog is, yeah. is going to shit all over the place if I'm not disciplined and give him the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know how it is. So yeah, all these skills, problem solving, patience, resiliency, discipline that you've learned from being a dog mom, have you had to utilize these skills when growing and creating your business for with a dog? Yeah, I think I think definitely... The skills for sure, as far as um, definitely the consistency part of it, you know, it is very hard to get an episode out every mm-hmm. week, as you know, or every other week. It's just to keep that consistency is really difficult, especially because my podcast relies on having guests mm-hmm. on. And and so sometimes if the guest doesn't respond or they ghost you or, you know, whatever, you know, the goal is always to like build up this great back catalog of, you know, like 10 interviews. And then you're like, good, I'm great for the next two months. And then somehow that never happens, at least not for me. Um, and so like the consistency of scrambling, yeah. like, honestly, like every week, but just like getting it out there, no matter what. And I think that's something that's really helped me this last year of just like, just get mm-hmm. it out, you know, like just make it happen. And just like you would take your dog for a walk every day or whatever, it, even though it's raining and it's just like you do mm-hmm. it and and it is what it is. And so I think in that way, um, problem solving as far as our first, what, year and a half. So I did initially initially start the podcast with the co-host, mm-hmm. Izzy, and she decided to take a step back. She still comes mm-hmm. on occasionally for an episode, but that was hard at the beginning because we had to pivot because COVID happened like pandemic life happened and so we like were meeting in Starbucks and like going over all this stuff and then all of a sudden we were like virtual and she's an essential worker so it was harder for her obviously and it was just like a lot of like okay well we had this great podcast Mm -hmm. studio set up in her extra bedroom now we can't do that anymore we need different equipment we need yeah you know, just so like much more. i think the exactly and just like the what we anticipated the podcast to be and like the brand mm-hmm. to be changed drastically because we are going to do like meetups and dog markets and yeah. Seattle, like all that kind of stuff and and that still is the goal but now i'm you know rounding in on two years in and i still kind of can't do some of that stuff mm-hmm. you know it, you have to jump through more hoops if i were to have some kind of like live event with people and maybe the the outcome wouldn't be as good, mm-hmm. you know, of people like coming and so, or the turnout wouldn't be yeah. as good. And so, so I think it's just like kind of having to pivot mm-hmm. a lot within this first, you know, and then when she did decide to take a step back, then it was like, okay, what does the podcast look like? Yeah. What do I do now? Yeah. So it's just like a lot of, I think, problem solving in that way. And I honestly, I still feel like I'm just now have like a hold on mm-hmm. what, it looks like and what I want and how to work. I'm still having an issue with, um, you know, maybe I'm consistently getting 
the the content out as far as the podcast but then there's like the instagram mm-hmm. content which is like a whole nother aspect yeah. <laughs> and as you well know you're so good at making all those reels and i am just like i don't know what it is like i don't think i'm like a super self-conscious person but as soon as i put myself in front of like and try to do a reel i'm just like no. well you have like to i do, just like i just you like do what you were saying ugh. like just get it done sometimes yeah. i will like i'll just be like okay i am only taking at max three takes of this reel like if I don't get it within those three like I'll just go pick the best one and go for it and go yeah and I think I think that's what I need to do and I have been trying to do that a little bit more and getting a little bit more comfortable Mm -hmm. with them and um and I'm trying to also as soon as I like let's say I find a a reel that I um I like Mm -hmm. the audio for I'm immediately just making oh yeah for sure that is new for Mm -hmm. me too which more is because I'm like, oh, I should probably like, that means every day I should probably like at least toss on some mascara and not have my yeah. hair looking absolutely disgusting. <laughs> so it's like, it helps in that way yeah. too, like giving myself a little routine. Oh, I've, I've had to start doing that too. Like I, this is, is bad, but like where I would work from home, like I would just get up and start working just immediately. And then now mm-hmm. at the beginning of this year, I've like kind of revamped a little bit and I've started getting in this morning routine of like making sure I do like, you know, brush the teeth, wash your face, like do like the moisturizer and stuff. Um, yeah. Like take my vitamins and pills that I need. And then it just like makes me feel better throughout the day instead of like mm-hmm. just waking up, rolling out of bed, starting doing one meeting and then going to do like all of that stuff because I had the yeah. freedom to do that since I worked from home. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I think I think that's what's important. And you know what? I think it's so much. I feel like so many of us have like finally figured <laughs> out after like two years of quarantine. <laughs> we're like, okay, we're finally back to like some sort of regular like taking care yeah. of ourselves because f- there was a while during that that I was not taking my care oh, of myself yeah. well at all. Like, especially because we started quarantine and we were still in college. We were just like, yeah. we're not doing anything. Like we are lazy. We are going to be lazy. Yes. So yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely feel that. Yeah. So throughout all of this, like since you, you've started working basically after college, what has been your favorite part about having a career path filled and inspired by dogs oh that's such a good question you know I think I think the um my favorite job that I had or the most rewarding the most like just like I wasn't happy necessarily in that job but I felt so fulfilled Mm -hmm. if that makes sense and so that was at the shelter for sure when I was working with the dogs and I just I felt such a sense of importance and happy or like yeah fulfillment Mm -hmm. in like my soul of like I am making a difference and I'm and it's rewarding and and I think you know when you talk to people who work at a shelter or maybe foster dogs a lot or something and I think a lot of people are like how do you not take them all home or whatever and it's like well one is it's work Mm -hmm. like it's you know like you're over there like scrubbing poop out of kennels maybe that's another reason I 
don't think I want a puppy anytime soon is because the amount like literally you would leave like 10 puppies in their little like Mm-hmm. kennel overnight and that you'd come home and they're just like all covered in shit Mm-hmm. Yeah. and the whole place is like poop and you're just it's like ew and that's like six in the morning before the place opens and you like have to clean it out so so one it's work but two it's like you feel so fulfilled in the aspect of you're already making a difference in that animal's Yeah. life and and so you don't also need to adopt Mm -hmm. them (laughs) is is kind of like that's how I felt at least No, um that makes sense. It's kind of like whenever you're a teacher, yeah you like are around kids all day. So sometimes you don't want kids kind of like that same concept. yeah yes exactly and so I think so I think that one was definitely the most rewarding and but it had its issues of like compassion fatigue Mm -hmm. and you know you would encounter a lot of people that were animal people but they're not necessarily people people and and so like even though I absolutely loved everyone I worked with it was you know like still you meet some odd ducks it's not like a fun work environment and then also same thing with um you know like then I was at the uh dog food company where I loved the mission loved learning so much and loved all my coworkers. but it It did have the rewarding aspect because I definitely felt like there were a lot of dogs who struggled Mhm. Mm with allergies just like Lupin. And so I, I felt like I was able to help them. But now I feel like with in the with a dog, it's almost the best all around. I, I think I would still like to I have been thinking about going back to the shelter as like a volunteer at least and just so I can get that aspect back in my life um, or doing some more fostering and stuff. Um But yeah, like now I feel like I'm hopefully like helping other dog moms and or just at least providing like a person that they can message and yeah, just like DM and say, oh my gosh, my dog was up at 2 a.m. last night or oh my gosh, my dog is so stubborn, just like Lupin, how do you handle it? And and so, yeah, so I think now I feel like I have a really good balance with all of that. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you just had so much purpose with every job that you like, you felt like Yeah. you had a really good sense of purpose, which is amazing because having that can make you appreciate and work harder at your job, which I think is awesome. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. And that's like my only hope is I wish nonprofits Mm-hmm. out there actually were able to pay their workers a little bit more. I mean, I was working alongside girls who were had their master's degrees um, in like environmental science. And some of them, they were working their butts off at the shelter. And also some of them were like stripping on the side just to actually bring in enough. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like it was like, it was like $12 an hour. was like after a raise like I think so it was it was pretty rough um but yeah it just it is so fulfilling so I I think that was like there were certain things missing Mhm. from each job and and no job is perfect but I think yeah just any job in the pet industry I've always just really enjoyed and really felt happy about because I have worked I did with this one contract job outside of the pet industry for six months and it felt so soulless Oh, in comparison yeah. and not to like not to you know for anyone listening not to crap on like an actual job like my husband is a software engineer Mhm. like it's like yeah no you have to Mm work yeah. to get through the world and hopefully you enjoy it but just in comparison for me I was like yay I'm making money and I have time to 
drink some tea and like you know go to the kitchen yeah. and, and make my lunch where I didn't have time for that at all in the shelter and in the in like the people I felt like were catty there wasn't some kind of like happiness mission like rewarding aspect so um yeah so I just feel like I'm just happy to work with dogs good basically good that's perfect that's <laughs> yeah the perfect answer okay so before we wrap up I try to ask everyone this except on one of my previous episodes with Blair I forgot to ask her this question and I was <laughs> listening back and I I was like oh my gosh, I like didn't ask her this question. So last but not least, what does having a dog mom mentality mean to you? Okay, dog mom mentality. I think it's essentially just sharing your life with another being Mm -hmm. that is not human. And but still having that same level of love and commitment to them. And what I was saying about Lupin earlier, like he is not that normal dog that just cuddles up to you and makes your life better by just being there like no he he makes my life 200 times harder in many many ways not only just the medical issues and the surgeries that he's had I don't think I even talked about those earlier but just he yeah he makes my life so much harder but the mentality is like I'm here for him and I know when I look into his eyes he's here for me and like we're in this together and yeah, so I think that kind of just like having this commitment to another being mm-hmm. and and loving them no matter what is is something really special. Heck, yeah. I love that answer. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> so, thank you so much for for coming on Carly and being a guest on my podcast. I've been a guest on Carly's podcast, so if you want another with a dog episode recommendation, you can go listen to that one. <laughs> but yes it's called dog mom guilt for everyone it was a good one it was great so before we before we let carly go can you tell us where to find you on socials yes um so it's at with the dog podcast on facebook tiktok instagram i'm usually more on instagram than anything else and um you can find the podcast wherever you find podcasts it should be should be everywhere and um yeah i think you know caroline and i have a lot of similar guests and similar topics but it's not the mm-hmm. same 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 but different and that's what's so great about it so if you like hers then you'll probably like mine and vice yeah. versa so yeah i hope everyone uh and comes over and says hi and i hope you enjoyed this episode yeah so thank you for having me on of caroline of course go to her podcast wherever you find wherever you listen and rate review and subscribe to Carly's podcast as while you're looking at it (laughs) okay but thank you so much Carly I really appreciated it and I hope you have a great day thank you you too bye Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. My name is Caroline. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Dog Mom Mentality. And if you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if nothing else, I hope you get to play with your dog today.